Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Um, wow, guys, this is our last episode of 2018. Oh. But it's okay. Because there's going to be more in 2019, so. Yay! Hooray! It's sad for a minute, but then it's great. Um, In fact, we're going to do the stereotypical um, best of 2018, but we've got a a unique, fun spin on it this time. Um, You have no idea what category is coming next, so be prepared. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about sports. We'll talk about... Uh, comic books, we'll talk about regular books, we'll talk about food, who knows? Because all of us will get to choose a topic at, uh, whatever our choosing is, and we will discuss at length with each other uh, as we tend to do, as one wants to do on a podcast where people subscribe to listen to you talk about things. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm super excited about this because we got all of the gang together. Um, and before we do it, since we're, we're closing in on the end of the year, I just wanted to thank all of you guys again. Um, this is the highlight of my week when we do this, when I get to sit down with my friends and we get to talk about nerdy shit that I haven't been able to talk to anybody else about. Cause at work, I'm not allowed to talk about these things. So it does make my life a lot better. Um, I try to talk to my wife about this, but she just rolls her eyes. She doesn't care about daredevil. So yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate you being part of this venture. Happy to be here, sir. All right. Let's go ahead and kick this party off. We're going to go ahead and hit the intro music. It is now time for GGR Pirate Radio. We are starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Wayne, you going to weigh in on this? Oh, there's nothing better than a fart. What's up, kids falling off bikes, maybe? I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a shit about your kids. It's called Pilot Radio. But Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. This is called Pilot Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> this is called Pilot Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and you are listening to GGR Pirate Radio. This is the podcast arm of our website, that is The Great Geek Refuge. As a matter of fact, you should check that website out. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. It is our 2018 year in review spectacular, and I've got three of my favorite people on the line with me this evening. Joining me from, we'll start from farthest to nearest, for the farthest away in the great reaches of the Pittsburgh greater metropolitan area, he is the co-founder of GGR and the creator of the Geek Sheets. His name is Steve Monick. Geographically distant, but you're always close right here. Right in my heart, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Secondly, I'm not sure which one of you guys is actually closer um, if it's Rambo or if it's MC. I think you guys are probably about equidistant from um, Toothless Fredericksburg here. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got the wonderfully talented uh, artist extraordinaire, Mr. James Rambo. Hey, everybody. And an also equally talented artist, but of another caliber. He's a wonderful rapper. In fact, you should check out his stuff. 
He his most recent album is called Darkest Dawn. Is that right? Just uh, Dark Dawn. Dark Dawn. I'm sorry, Dark Dawn. Uh, he's MC Brooks. Not only is he a talented rapper, he's also a great writer. He's written some wonderful articles for us here on GGR. Um, and he's got a great podcast. The podcast is called The Overflow. And there are all sorts of episodes that are going to be coming out for that soon. But you can also check out the current ones, which are also on GGR. What I want to start with, guys, before we jump into our list, are you guys ready to hear what the top ten articles were as far as like who got the most hits and listen or reads on the website for 2018? Am I ever? Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, I will go with each one of you, and I will let you know what your biggest article was, like the one that was the most read. Um, MC Brooks, we'll start with you. Your Blurred Con article that you wrote, which uh, was right at, that was, I want to say, was that August, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it was the very beginning of August, I believe. Yeah. Uh, That was your number one article, in fact. Um, So congratulations on that. Hooray! Yay! It was ranked number 10 for um, most reads or most links or clicks or whatever category you want to put it into. But it was the 10th most. So there you go. Congratulations. Um, Mr. Rambo. I only wrote the one, so. (laughs) Makes it pretty easy, doesn't it? So we yes, know which one was yours. <laughs> you, you were actually ranked number one, two, three, four. You were ranked fourth for total number of clicks and reads and all that jazz for your top ten horror movie article. Oh, now, Mr. Monic, yours gets complicated because... You, I'm a complicated man. You are, indeed. Like No one understands you. Much like, much like Avril Lavigne, why do things have to be so complicated with you, Steve oh, Monica? I thought you meant that Avril Lavigne was a complicated man, <laughs> and right. I thought you were dropping some very interesting news today. No, yeah. no. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> we need this Rambo sound. Beep, 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 beep. Breaking news. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, a man. Um, no, your, <laughs> your, uh, your Marvel fantasy football article was yeah. your single most red article however the geek sheets in general if you add up all of the geek sheets which you wrote 90 percent of them like that... well i don't yeah i don't know if that's fair though because that's a that's a series not a single article yeah like so no one single geek sheets was like man this blew everybody out of the water but you had a lot of people who who read those so just overall content uh that was way up there my friend um the number one articles as far as like one two three um, and I'm, 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 it's just, I'm just reading the numbers. I don't want you to think that I'm like trying to be like, Oh, <laughs> they're all mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was really weird too. Cause I have no idea why, but I wrote an article about my favorite Saturday night live characters from like the eighties and nineties. Right. And for whatever reason, it just took off this year. Like, and I wrote it in like 2015. So like whatever reason this year, it got just a ton of, uh, of traffic. No idea why. Um, but that was the number one article. And then the second, um, second most popular article was one I wrote about, um, the Washington Capitals when they won the Stanley cup championship. Uh, that was number two. And then, uh, not on the podcast, um, because he is now living in Las Vegas and hasn't gotten the equipment yet. Um, zombie Ben, his, uh, he wrote an article, um, about Toys R Us. Cause it was like his first real, like grown up adult job. Um, and after they announced that Toys, Toys R Us was closing all their stores, he wrote kind of like an obituary, basically, to Toys R Us. So, no, oh, yeah, that's kind of sad. It was, yeah. Um, and then there were a few other ones, like my my last Jedi one that I wrote about, where I was like, I don't understand why everybody's freaking out. Why does this have to be about like Mary Sue's and stuff? Why can't you just say I didn't like the movie? Like that one was <laughs> up there too. Um, and I reread that, and I got myself all angry all over again about people being <laughs> stupid about Star Wars. <laughs> I literally was reading it and I was like, man, it still pisses me off, man. This movie wasn't that bad. It was all right. Like, geez, everybody just settle down. But I mean, that kind of, the fact that all those articles, all of those things at some point or another will probably end up bringing up in our conversation that we're having tonight. Um, Cause like, we'll talk about star Wars, even though last Jedi came out in 2017, it came out right at the end of 2017. And the fervor from it really like, bled over into 2018 big time because there were some very butthurt people about that movie. So we will definitely talk about that. Yeah, it was insane. So let's go ahead and spin the magical wheel here and see which topic we are going to start with first. Um, I will let, since you uh, were not on last week, 
Mr. Rambo, and Steve, you were uh, out with bronchitis. Um, I will let either of you, if one of you guys has a topic, you guys fight amongst yourselves and figure out who's going to go first and give us our first top whatever of 2018. Uh, I may still be preparing for mine. Um, <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny that, but okay. uh, if Steve, if you want to go ahead, you have at it, sir. Let's start with sports and then work our way out. Um, I'm okay. Because I'm going to probably start with like, I feel like the least exciting. I mean, it's the most exciting for me, but generally speaking, I think some of the other stuff we'll talk about later is a little more exciting. So for me, for uh, 2018, the most exciting thing sports wise, um, I'm a huge college basketball fan. Can't get enough of basketball in general. And I absolutely love March Madness. I'll take vacation time to watch it. I'll stream it at work. I'll take like 30-minute bathroom breaks just to watch the end of games and stuff, like whatever it takes, right? <laughs> nice. And in 2018, something that's never happened before happened. And I got to sit there and watch it with my wife and my son. It was awesome. Um, a 16-seed upset a one-seed. Oh, and I, and, and yeah. I too. Ugh. Destruction. Look at this. Exclamation. Perlitives, you can't come up with enough. Absolute. Incredible performance. Shock and awe in college basketball. UNBC makes history in Charlotte. Yeah, it was it was against the University of Virginia, the number one overall seed. Now, hedging it a little bit. Virginia limped into that game. Yeah. They were missing some key pieces due to injury. It, it wasn't the same team that had earned that number one spot. But at the end of the day, I was rooting for a Baltimore team. <laughs> UMBC at <laughs> 16 seed actually upset a one seed. So I should tell you how impactful that was. Have some respect um, for the Labradors, goddammit. Yeah. It was, it was just a wild tournament, too, because like uh, Loyola uh, made this like crazy improbable run. Um, yeah, I mean, just some of the games, I was just sitting there on the bus ride home watching these games, freaking out. Everyone probably thought I had, you know, like the seizure or something like that. Uh, it was just really, really fun to watch in, in some of these upsets. But it's always fun to be around and into the sport when history happens, like when something that's never happened before or something that hasn't happened in such a long time. It's like it was in black and white days when, when it happened last and you actually get to watch it. Uh, it, it becomes very memorable. Yeah, for sure. Now, yeah. the other caveat with this too, Mr. Monic, is you actually get to choose who's going to go next as far as their uh, their best moment from 2018 for sports. Well, that's, that's going to be you, Mike. Oh, really? Huh, I wonder what it's going to be. <laughs> um, if you were listening to the intro, you just heard it. Um, it Very rarely do you get to appreciate at least for me i mean you guys there in pittsburgh winning championships all the time like a bunch of assholes you guys get to see it all the time um, i for a long time people said dc was a sport uh, was a cursed sports town right that it was oh they're never gonna win it's a dc sports curse and the funny thing about this is, is we have lamented about this on many other podcasts it, it's not a it's not a curse okay a curse would be like if you did all the right things and then you were still losing but like the football team is an utter disaster run by like a megalomaniac, like miniature man who just hates his fans and hates this team and just wants DC to burn. Like he's like the Joker incarnate, basically. Um, the basketball team is a disaster because their, their general manager is just a total just pile of garbage. Uh, the baseball team, who, who knows what's going on with them. And then you've got the hockey team, the Washington Capitals, who, God bless them, th their fans love them. Um, they managed to find new and horrible ways to torture their fans in losing games in the playoffs, like being up three games to none and then losing four games to three, four straight games. They're the, they have done it more times than any other team in the NHL. Like, period. Same thing with three games to one. They've lost more series being up three games to one than any other team in the NHL. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And they, and they do this on a regular basis. Except for in 2018. When they managed, and, and like you couldn't have written a better script for this either. All of the teams that they had had prior playoff woes against, they managed to beat 
in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup final. And, like, the first one was the Columbus Blue Jackets, which, I mean, first off, Ohio and hockey. I mean, come on, seriously? Like, nobody cares about that. And the coach for them was the guy who used to be the coach for the New York Rangers. So they got to the exact same revenge against him because John Tortorella, that's the guy's name, he was used to be a coach for the Rangers. Now he coaches Columbus. He's just a total jerk-off. And watching the Caps beat him and seeing the smug look on his face just evaporate as the Caps came back and won four straight games was wonderful. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is memorable because they never do that. It's the first time in nine attempts in the playoffs that they've actually beaten the Penguins. And it was just like, not only did they beat the Penguins, like little things, like when there's a game in D.C., and the Penguins win, and they beat the Capitals, all the Penguins fans will go congregate at the steps of the National uh, Portrait Gallery. And they'll all, yep. like, celebrate and sing little Pittsburgh things and wave their little terrible towels and stuff like that. And I don't know what happened. I don't know why, but DC fans were enraged. And, like, it finally had just been enough. And the Caps managed to beat the Penguins in Game 5. Six. Oh, five. Yeah, in Game 5. They beat him in Game 5 in D.C. before they went back to Pittsburgh to win in Game 6. But in Game 5, after the Caps won, all of the Caps fans went to the portrait gallery stairs, and, like, it was like a riot, basically. They were, like, chanting and screaming. They had gotten their hands on terrible towels, which I don't know how they did. They were lighting the terrible towels on fire. Like, it was... It was bedlam. Like, I had never seen anything like it. I was like, man, D.C. fans are pissed. This is awesome. Because normally... And, and MC, you can attest to this as a DC fan. Most DC sports fans are very, like, meh about everything. They're very just, like, lackadaisical. Yeah. They're very just like, oh, well, you know. Oh. And they have something snarky to say on Twitter, but they don't actually have, like, any passion. But, like, this year, yep. it was it was completely different. And, like, they won that game, and the fans, they're lighting shit on fire. Like, this is, DC yep. doesn't do that. And, like, they go to Pittsburgh. They win that game. They move on. They go to the, play Tampa, the best team in the East. They manage to beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in, in seven games. And then they play Vegas. And just even then, they lost that game one uh, to Vegas. And I was like, all right, this is going to be rough. And game two, they were up two game, They were up two to one in game two. And, like, Braden Holtby makes the most amazing save I've ever seen in my life. Like, this dude should have just walked in with this goal. Oh, yeah. And he managed it was to... An open, it was an open net. It was a total open net. He dove across and stopped it with his stick. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Five to go. Flurry at the edge of the crease. And now the hash marks as it's still back in. It's set it close. Oh, it go. It was tucked with a wide open net. Incredible stop by Braden Holtby. It's an adventure right there. Now watch this. The puck goes across. Tuck has a wide open net. And the paddle of the stick. Holtby. In Washington, they'll be calling this the save. And like that right there. His save against, um, against Vegas was just... As soon as he saved it, I was like, they're going to win the series. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. And, like, I'll admit, I cried when they won the Stanley Cup because I had spent so many times sick to, to my stomach watching them lose in the playoffs. Like, I was I was doing all right. Like, I was like, this is really cool. And I was just really, I was very happy. I was smiling. And somebody tweeted out, like, just think about all of those family members who've passed on and never got to see this. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, cause it, that, hit me right in the, that hit me right in the stomach because my mom was, like, a passive sports fan. But, like, she... They, they they lived like five minutes away from the old Capitol Center in Landover. So she used to go to Caps games all the time. So she actually knew about the Caps. And whenever they would lose in the playoffs, she would understand and like be supportive of me and my little brother who would be beside ourselves. And like, yeah, as soon as I read that tweet, I was like, you, ah, oh, and like the tears. And then somebody started playing We Are the Champions and that got me too. It was just, oh, but it was, it yeah. was, it was awesome because it was my favorite team from my city finally won a championship that they deserved, you know? And, like, they did it the right way. And it was just, like, from from June all the way through until August, the, the, that's, this city just partied. D.C. just partied like oh, nothing absolutely. else. Like, and, and the caps were everywhere in town, and, like, everybody was buying them free drinks. And there, and anytime they'd show up at a restaurant, everybody would start chanting, let's go, caps. Like, it was, it was just... It was like three straight months of just like nothing but like binge drinking. It was they, they were swimming in fountains in, in DC. Like it was, it was awesome. 
Absolutely. Um, Mr. Rambo, I know you're not a huge sports fan, so I'll, I'll pass this to MC. Um, and Sounds then, good. And then you can choose the topic <laughs> next. So, MC, <laughs> MC, what was your biggest sports moment for 2018? Um, I mean, I – that's a hard thing to follow because I know, I'm, I'm a DC guy also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a DC guy also. And I mean, just to piggyback briefly before I say my moment, like I like no one thought that we would see a championship in DC in our lifetime. Like we've seen teams get close. The capitals were a punchline, like not, not even just locally, but nationally, they were a punchline for all of the failures that you mentioned. So, I mean, just, just seeing that was, was, it, it was it was special, you know, and, and it was just nice for us to be for us to be able to flip the bird at everyone who made fun of the Caps for not for all the failures and for not being that good. And for Ovechkin being this star player who just was missing the one thing that would va- that would truly validate his greatness, which was the ring. So that yeah. was awesome. to see. Yeah. Uh, um, but since. That's a hard thing to follow, and I can't pick that. Um, my, I mean, there there were a ton of great moments for sports this year. Um, I'm also big college football, uh, excuse me, college basketball fan. So, ton of March Madness uh, stuff that you could you could harp on. Whether it's Enrique Ogunbowale's back to back game winners to knock off, uh, for, I think it was UConn and who and whoever in the championship. But the moment I'm going to pick is the Minneapolis Miracle. Oh, and I'm, and, yeah. Keenum's going to try to work the ball on the boundary. Keenum steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! And I'm going to pick that not only because it's the only time that that's ever happened in NFL history where there's been a walk-off touchdown uh, to to win the game. but In the step, playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. And it's, it's also because, it was also special because Stefan Diggs is a family friend of mine. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Really? Stefan, yeah, Stefan, my, my mother and his mother are really good friends. Stefan went to high school with my sister. So they're they're re- they're really close. Uh, she actually Facetimed with them while we were at a Christmas dinner the other day. Um, but yeah, like that's just like we. So I've known about Stefan from his days at Archbishop Carroll through Maryland, through wanting to get drafted to this awful football franchise here, to fortunately ending up with a better franchise in many in Minnesota, and so. You know, it's kind of rare that you get an opportunity to see someone that you know personally, you know, achieve like these great things on such a national wide scale. So it, it was just awesome to to see Stefan, who, you know, again, I've known for years, you know, make NFL history and make one of the most epic plays that that is ever going to be uh, seen across YouTube videos, across highlights whatever the case may be. Um, like, like me and my mom, like the second it happened, I, me and my mom went upstairs. I went upstairs and we hugged each other. Like, like it was Washington that, that had just won the Super Bowl or something like that. Just cause we were so happy for, for Stefan and, and to see him, you know, achieve success at the, at the highest level. So that's my moment for 2018. It that's was, a, it was awesome. That's a great that's moment. Man. So awesome. Yeah. Like that, that really is a great moment. And like, that's, yeah, I mean, because it's mine was about the city. Yours was about, hey, this is this person that I've known forever doing something awesome. That's that's awesome, dude. That was that's the great. Um, he was, got paid too. Oh, boy. oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was that was a cool moment too. Because like I, I'm not gonna say I'm a Saints fan, but I, I root for him because like the, yeah. just the story for New Orleans. Like that, I, I love when a when a sports franchise means a ton to a city. And the Saints mean so much to the city of New Orleans. And especially, like, if you guys have followed the history at all, like, after Hurricane Katrina, there was talk that they might actually leave New Orleans. And, like, New Orleans basically scraped together everything they possibly could after one of the biggest natural disasters in the history of this country. 
scraped together to do whatever they could. And like the ownership of the saints was like, look, we're not going to go. Okay. Like it would be a dick move at this point. And, and an industry because professional sports is often, they don't care. All they care about is profit. Like they very easily could have moved and they didn't. And it was a class move. And you could tell that it meant a lot to that city. And when they finally got that Super Bowl, it was just, it was awesome. And like even rooting for them in that, in that moment, then seeing that happen. And I was like, wait, Stefan Diggs did that. Oh, that's awesome. Cause he, again, he's a local dude. It was just, it was, it was a very, very cool moment when it doesn't personally affect you. Cause neither of those teams is like your team that you root for. So. Right. Um, Mr. Rambo, I know that if I asked you for a favorite sports moment, you'd be like, I don't know the time the sports ball guy did that thing. Um, there's a great foosball table, foosball game at the uh, local bar near me. That was, that was pretty dope. Um, no, man, I don't. I don't it, 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 I'm happy it's a thing that makes you guys happy. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. You get to choose the topic now because you are on deck. So, Mr. Rambo, give us something, anything from 2018 that was like your best of, and then we'll we'll kind of pass it around the table. Um. Well, let's see. I am certainly a media guy. Uh, I will say video games. Um, nice. Spider-Man. The PS4 Spider-Man game. It, it's been a great fucking year for Spider-Man. Um, uh, except for that, that one bit in Infinity War. Um, <laughs> aside from that... Uh, yeah, the, it was the great. PS4 Spider-Man game <laughs> is phenomenal. It's as good as everyone keeps saying it is. Um, and the fucking ending of that game almost got me in tears. Um, it is as close as we've gotten thus far. Like the, 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 the Spider-Man two game from, you know, years back, it was a great fucking game. Um, but this one is able to do some things, um, both technologically and in terms of storytelling that that one was just wasn't, um, Having more of the actual comic writers work on it, including uh, uh, Christos Gage and Dan Slott doing some story notes, um, you you get a very personal touch to, to a lot of the storytelling in it. And there's one there's one moment in, in particular since like I knew instantly like Christos Gage is the name that I kept hearing, um, but as soon as this one character popped up and popped up more than once, I was like, oh yeah, Dan Slott had something to do with this. Um, Doctor Octopus. Features heavily in that game, um, and at first I was like, Wait, "Oh, Dan Slot, like Stock Ock." I know, here. I know. This is a major revelation. Um, uh, you know, stop the presses and such. But uh, the moment that I realized I was helping him build the the tentacles uh, <laughs> was oh, really yeah. unnerving and <laughs> kind of made me think like. In a meta context, should I stop doing this mini mini game for the for this man's sanity? Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of uh, uh, game, like God of War was also fucking phenomenal. Um, but the Spider-Man game um, did some really really impressive stuff. God damn, God of War might be tied with it because that movie that, that game. Well, that movie, yeah, it's it's super cinematic in its scope. It's it's. Um, Again, got a really, really impactful message, um, and me being uh, being the orphan I am, having a story about uh, a father and his son, and how big a deal it is, and how important it is that this man be able to connect to this boy, um, was not just. It, it was really important in in, in that um, it affected me, but the way that it was actually showcased. Um, in terms of like, uh, have any of you guys played the, the new God of War? No, I haven't. However, this is this is what's making me feel better about this is that like I have other people who have played this, and there's actually a review of God of War, the new game on GGR. So I had a buddy basically recount the whole story to me, and then wrote a review for me. So it was I've heard a lot about it. I've seen the visuals. Like the the game is incredible. Like from what I've seen, and like. That's all I can do basically now is like side seat video game watch because I, I don't <laughs> I don't have a system anymore. So all I can do is hear like Mark uh, MC did a uh, 
did a podcast about Spider-Man. Like we talked for like an hour about Spider-Man. So like, so I, oh, yeah. I've heard him talk about it. I've heard you talk about it now, Rambo. Like I've heard a lot of people tell me how great the Spider-Man game is, but I also heard people tell me how great this uh, God of War game is. So it's, yeah. And like, I've, I've always been a fan. Like I remember playing it on the, on the PS2 and uh, there's that scene where you have to knock the, uh, you have to knock the vases off the uh, off the shelf by you know yeah. your, your 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 carnal <laughs> your carnal acts of passion, um, yeah. So I've always particularly enjoyed, for a game series um, that features a sex mini game in yeah. every iteration, um, which is just like you know when I was even when I was eighteen I was like this is a bit much um, <laughs> to see the 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 distance in terms of, of um maturity where it started and where it is now uh it's really some truly impressive long-form storytelling um there's a whole thing in the new game about how kratos handles uh godhood and as far as he's concerned he it's done he's, he's not going to have anything else to do with it he doesn't want anyone to know about it and then when he starts getting these inklings that his son may have may you know may be a demigod as well like factually of course he is um it's treated almost like kratos has passed on a terminal disease to his child um he's so afraid of talking about it and he's so ashamed that he's basically forced this burden onto his son um that uh it's it's handled with such it could have easily veered into melodrama um and it, it's it's handled with such a a, a really impressively uh, executed. Um, I don't know, man. It's it, it, it's it's hard to explain. It's it just really super impressively well done. Um, and, you know, aside from being gorgeous and, and just being a lot of fun, um, the moments where just the where it's just uh, uh, Atreus and, and and Kratos talking about you know what does it mean to be a god and what is it, you know in terms of like personal responsibility, um, and it are just you know really really um, beautifully shot, uh, uh, beautifully composed. Um, all the writing is is just top notch. Uh, so yeah, I was gonna say Spider Man. I'm I I am tied. Uh, I'm split between those two. Um, so if you haven't played either or you only played one, pick up the other one. Because uh, they're both really phenomenal games. Good stuff, man. Um, I I, I kind of have to pull a Rambo uh, on sports on this one. Um, video games were played this year by people. None of them were played by me. Um, I, I, I don't have a system anymore. And, like, the only thing that I really can comment about on video games is that, like, I just as a watcher now, it, it, it's really kind of interesting to see how things have shifted. Because I used to, I mean, I worked in the video game um, retail side of things. I worked for GameStop for years. And before I took the job that I have right now, that was the last job that I had was working for them. And then it was Xbox was king. And PlayStation was, it was a good system and it played Blu-ray and it was great. But Sony did not give a flying fuck about their customers at all. And like, when I left, it was the... um, the movie with James Franco and um, what's his name? Uh, Seth Rogen, uh, where they go to Korea. uh, Yeah. Um, The interview. interview. And that, that whole fiasco happened and you, and all those emails were leaked that Sony was basically just like, we don't care. So Korea basically like South uh, North Korea basically like hacked them and like ruined their system, knocked the PlayStation network down for 45 days. I remember this specifically because customers were coming in and they were like, what are we supposed to do? And Sony's response to the retailers was shrug. Like they had no answer. And I was like, dude, fuck Sony. I was, I was like, I'm never going to buy one of their systems. If this is the way they treat their customers, they must've really taken that seriously because in that, like it's been eight years now. First off, the PS4 is just beating the pants off the Xbox. Like the system is better. The games are better. Like, Everybody I, I know seems to be a PlayStation person now. And, like, any loyalty they had towards Microsoft and, and Xbox is just, like, completely evaporated. And I, I got to give it to Sony. I don't know exactly what they did. I don't know what their strategy was, but it, it, it definitely worked, man, because that PS4 is... Everybody seems to be talking about it. I don't hear people talking about Xbox games with the exception of um, 
Fortnite, but I think that that's cross-platform, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I it, think yeah, so, yeah. it is now, yeah. 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 I, I can't even think of, like, an exclusive <coughs> Xbox game that is like that I hear people really talking about because every it seems like all the big games are either PS4 exclusives or they're on both systems. Yeah, well, I think part of what it part of what it was was the year that they announced or the the, the year that both Sony and Microsoft revealed uh, their next gen systems. So when they revealed the um, Xbox One and the PS4. Uh, information from uh, Microsoft about the Xbox One had actually leaked, and it pissed a lot of people off because of some of the stuff that they were planning to do with the Xbox One. Uh, One of the things being that, like, for example, they were going to, like, encode, or excuse me, encrypt games when you bought them. So when if you bought, bought a game for your Xbox One, once you put the disc in, it'll scan it and read it, and that get, that disc would only be playable on your Xbox. You would so you wouldn't be able to hypothetically let a friend borrow it or resell it. Yeah, they're trying because, to kill the secondary market. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was that was that was a big thing behind it, and Microsoft got a huge backlash uh, because of that. Sony, on the other hand, w- they were actually planning to do the same thing until they saw. The backlash that Microsoft got, and then they were like, "Yeah, hey Hands guys, we're... pockets start whistling and slinking away." Yeah, exactly. They were like, "Ooh, they, they walk into the room." <laughs> hey guys, you ready to block people from doing the resub market? Just, uh, oh. That's a bad idea. Why would you ever do something like that? Man, you guys are really dicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so they they basically never officially announced that they were they were doing it, and then when they had their presentation at E3 that year Microsoft didn't have any like they had some they they didn't really have any exclusives so on the other on the other hand we're like hey we're gonna bring out all the big guns Final Fantasy 7 remake check Kingdom Hearts 3 check uh Marvel Avengers game also done by Square Enix check (laughs) you know like they were they brought out all their heavy guns and they pretty much just kind of swayed everyone towards uh, this the the PS4 and what Sony was doing because Sony also said, "Oh hey, guess what, guys? You know all those retro games you guys love to play? We will uh, have a cloud system where you can, you know, you'll have access to this huge library of old games that you you know would love to play." And I mean, and, and some of the stuff that they got for it are. PS1 classics, PS2 classics. Wow. They even got they even got access to some Sega stuff. So like you can get uh, Sonic the Sonic Adventure games through this through this service too. Like <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah. it's like it's like they look they they announced all that stuff and they looked at Microsoft and they're like, so what do you guys have? Another Halo game? <laughs> Loser. <Yeah. laughs> Just start making a jerking off motion. <laughs> Good luck with your Halo franchise. <laughs> Actually, that's some kind of ice cream for girls. That was a good. Well played, Steve. Well played. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um. Oh, that was a good one. It really, yeah. Like, it's. I'm glad that it's not just my perce- my my perception on this one. That that is actually what happened because. Yeah. I feel they're, like they're... nobody wants an Xbox One now. Like. Yeah, no, they, they don't. They 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 don't have any exclusives. Like, yeah, Sony. I mean, just this year, uh, Spider Man, Red Dead Redemption Two. I don't know if God of War is Xbox Wait, is, Two. Is Red Dead only on P- on PlayStation Four? No, God of War is, is is Sony exclusive. Okay, okay, God of War is. I know God of uh, well, War they, is, but is Red Dead yeah, Redemption well, only on PS Four? I'm not into, actually. I, I think so. I don't know. No, you can get it on Xbox One. I just okay. It, it is all right. Cool. Yeah. So I was, okay, I was I must be yep. thinking of God Award. Well, and then but yeah, I mean, too, just the, the, the Nintendo Switch. Like, I, I hear people like I guess the new, um, the new um, Smash Brothers. Smash game. Bros. Yeah, yes. like, and everybody's losing their mind about that. Xbox is going to get left behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's just it, doing the thing they always do. They're like, you two fight out all the serious stuff. We're just going to have the fun. Everyone's getting together for an evening, and that's as much as you're going to play <laughs> this game. Game. I was. <laughs> I was yeah. talking to a buddy of mine about uh, about the Switch. Me and, me and him were actually sitting uh, in the theater to see Spider Verse, and the and a Switch ad ran, and it was it was so clear 
what Nintendo's game is now and has been since the Wii, which was, you know, picture an angry nerd being like, but the graphics aren't as good. Your graphics aren't nearly as good as Sony's or Microsoft's. And, and Nintendo goes, yeah, great. Tell your grandma I say hi. Um, <laughs> because that is all they're doing. They're going yep. for everybody who doesn't play video games. And they're killing it. Like, I remember that yep. being the the when the backlash about the Wii, uh, the, the, the now-dubbed Wii, Wiimote yep. uh, came out. And are like, well, this control, is, it looks so stupid. It looks like a, a real control. And their response was, yeah, everyone can use a remote control. Your grandfather can use a remote control. Your dad, your little sister. And there were all these geeks who were like, so? And then there were all these people who were just like, oh. There's never been. In, in yep. my, I worked for, for uh, GameStop for five years. In the time that I worked there, the only system that was ever sold out completely was the Wii. Ever. Like Xboxes, you could always find an Xbox 360. That was no problem. Same thing with a PS3. No, no big deal. You could always find one somewhere, right? Wii's were flying off the shelves because it wasn't just gamers. It was everyone. It's we had, everyone. Yeah, my my dad. Who the last time he played a system was the the original Nintendo when I was a kid. Like he got a Wii because like oh it's fun. I want to go bowling and I don't have to leave the house. And I was like okay <laughs> cool. Like and like. I actually ended up making a lot of money off of selling the Wii because my dad works, um, he works as a service advisor for Lexus. And he would be like, oh, I've got that new Nintendo Wii to his customers. And they would be like, where did you get one? And he'd be like, well, matter of fact, my son runs a GameStop. And like, he would send people to me. And it was just like, it was like the best <laughs> referral system ever. And then like, I had one dude, he was just like, listen, if you can get me a Wii, you know, if you ever need work on your car done, I'll make sure that it's done. And I was like, well, that, Jesus. Sounds, that sounds like a hell of a deal. All right, let's do that. Like, it was, yeah. And like, it, it, yeah. It, yeah, that, that I feel like Nintendo finally got, they were like, you know what? We don't care. We're not going to compete with this nonsense anymore. We're going to do what's fun. We're going to do what's enjoyable. And like, what was the last? It was yep. the Wii U that came out. They they yeah. dropped that thing like a bad they, habit, dude. Yeah, they bailed on yeah. because they had no exclusives. Yeah, they they had no exclusives for it. Yeah, they were just like, you know what? Forget it, and they just moved on yeah, to another like, system. So because the uh, the 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 newest Zelda game was supposed to be a Wii U exclusive, and then yeah. and then they were like, yeah, let, actually, you know, we'll we'll just switch. Yeah, we'll just make that switch exclusive. Yeah, switch. Not, 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 even, huh. not even bother. Huh? Would you look I, at that? <laughs> You know the other thing with Nintendo too, in, in in ways they're not competing, is with handhelds too, because they whether it's been the the Game Boy Advances, the DSs, or now the 3DS, none of the other companies have really been able to compete with it. Like PSP came out probably a little ahead of its time, but that ultimately failed. Yeah, uh, Microsoft kind of tried and failed before they even really did anything with what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, and, and the 3DS is still is, is still killing too. Like it, it took me until this year just to be able to find one that was affordable and and like good. That's crazy. Like they have the handheld market cornered. Like nobody yeah. can compete with them. The only thing that they run into is the only thing that they compete against is phones. Yeah. And, and they're not even offering the same games because yeah. the Switch now. That's true. Oh yeah, the yeah, Switch yeah, essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. is a hybrid console. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's why they went that way over the the Wii U because, I mean, the Wii U controller was supposed to be like, hey, it's kind of like your smartphone and you're kind of like playing on it. But then the console's there, too, and they just basically refined that idea and just made it better with the Switch. Yeah. 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 You got to give you got to give Nintendo credit. They they are never so stubborn as to stick with something that's not working where, I mean, you see plenty of other companies do that on a regular basis. So. Big props Absolutely. to Nintendo. Steve, did you have any video games that like that were like your number one of 2018? Nothing new because I'm like you. I don't really I'm like I'm a, just a grumpy old man. And I don't play video games anymore. <laughs> but um, for my birthday, what um, what I what I asked my wife for and she very dutifully got for me was a retro pie. Oh, nice. um, so, so I I built um, like a Raspberry Pi and installed all the software and everything like that and just had a fun time building that and now i have like 14 bazillion old games so i went back and played some classics that i haven't played in quite some time um and man there are some old games that really hold up but 
I mean, nothing new, nothing yeah. like quote 2018 that, that I'm bringing to the table, but for, for the, the old man of the NES generation, like <laughs> some of the retro games still hold up, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I gotta, Absolutely. I got to give a shout out to, um, it, so coincidentally I met somebody that has the same last name as me, but I've never, I, I don't know if we're related. I'm sure we are in some way, shape or form. Her name, her name is Camilla Lunsford. And I met her through Zombie Ben. And Camilla is, like, she's a, um, I don't remember what the designation they give to the people that are, like, the, they've been certified by Apple to be, like, a technician. Like, the, yeah, I can't, I can't remember the term for it, but, like, she... Like a genius? Yeah, thank you. That's what it is. Yeah, she, it, it, incredible when it comes to anything software-related. And it's not just Mac stuff, either. It's like, she knows regular PC stuff, too. We were talking one day, and I was telling her, I was like, oh, you remember that old Sega Star Wars arcade console that they had, like, in movie theaters all the time? And, like, it had the joystick, and, like, you got to do all three of the original trilogy thing. You got to do the Death Star Trench run. You got to fight the AT-ATs on uh, Hoth. And then, like, you got to do the Endor run on the uh, speeder bikes. And she was like, yeah, hang on one second. And she's like, just leaves the, our little chat and comes back and she sends me a packet of stuff to download. And she's like, here's an emulator so that you can play that game on your Mac. And I was like, what? Yeah, right. I spent like three straight days just playing that game. It was the coolest. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, so that was like my 2018 gaming moment. I, I, I'd forgotten about it. And then I'm just like looking and I was like, wait, that's right. I got that this year. So yeah, like that was, that was, that was pretty dope. It was a retro moment, but very, uh, very cool one. Um, there's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. my moment is also a retro moment since uh, Rambo already mentioned Spider-Man, and that's with uh, the Spyro trilogy being released uh, recently. Oh, nice. Spyro was one, of my, was one of my favorite games on the original PlayStation, and I was very excited that they were redoing, or excuse me, um, what do you call it? Uh, they, they didn't re- remade, remade it for the PS4, basically, like reimagined it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they remastered it. Um, and so it's, it's been really awesome just to be able to go back and like relive all of these old levels and, and whatnot. Cause you know, the spiral franchise kind of died after the third game was released. They kind of, you know, went into more of the racing and they did the, uh, the Skylanders, I think is the other, the spinoff. Yeah. Um, they came out to, um, but that's, uh, you know, I'm a retro gamer too. I very rarely buy new games outside of Spider-Man. Um, so that, <laughs> that would be, that would be, um, my thing for 2018 nice um that means that you are up mr mc brooks you get to choose a topic of your choice all right all right let's see let's see let's see hmm well i'm a music guy so um why don't we do best music you guys have heard this year 2018 and actually uh steve let's start with you well i'm pretty simple i'm a metalhead I love prog rock, and we did a long time ago, like our top five bands, and in my top five was Coheed and Cambria, and they just had an album come out this year. Um, They've always been kind of like a concept band, and the album before this one was the first time they wrote something that wasn't in their kind of huge overarching story that they tell throughout all their albums, the, the Amory Wars. Uh, there's like a comic book that goes with it. It's really cool. And this was getting back to it. This was like classic Coheed. Um, so it was really cool. And it was one of those ones that kind of like snuck up on me. Like it's really, really fun to be hyped for a, an album. Uh, my favorite band, Dream Theater, they have an album coming out in February. I'm like counting down the seconds until that album comes out. <laughs> but nice. this one was one of those ones where you're just kind of like looking online. And you're like, they had an album come out two weeks ago. And then you run out and, and get it. And all of that, like waiting, like sure, the anticipation's cool, but then you don't also have to worry about the like, oh my gosh, little kid waiting till Christmas happens <laughs> kind of like agony. It's just here it is, and you get to listen to it. Um, so it was really cool because I was like, oh yeah, I liked their last album, it was really good. It, it, you know, I liked the music and everything, but I kind of wanted them to get back to the story, and then here it is, and it's. <laughs> They always have these long titles and everything, but it's Act One. So there's another one coming up. Like they have a couple albums. Well, like I said, everything's kind of one big story, but there's a couple albums that are direct sequels to each other and stuff. So um, Act One means Act Two is coming in the near future, which makes me happy and excited for what they're going to do. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm super. You can't even mention what we're doing in April. Um, big announcement, guys. Are you ready for this, Mr. MC Brooks, James Rambo? For any of those out there who are listening in the DC metropolitan area, if you've ever wanted to meet Steve Monick in person, you're going to get a chance to do that in April because oh, Dream, shit. Dream Theater is playing the is it Warner Theater. Yep. They're playing the Warner Theater in April, and he's coming down. So we're going to get to do a live podcast with all of us actually, like, physically looking at each other. It's going to be the coolest thing ever, and we're going to get to see this concert, and it's going to be great. We're going to stay up late and play Sega Genesis games and, and <laughs> roast marshmallows and read comic books. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> Smash cut to blank white room. Everyone sitting in rolly chairs, bored. <laughs> So what do you, what do you so cool. What do you guys want to do now? <laughs> Nothing. All right. I don't know. I'm kind of tired. Yeah. yeah. You guys want to play Goldeneye again? Or... <laughs> can we just not like? Can we just? Is it cool if we just like take a nap or something? <laughs> um. I keep using the fucking knives. I told you that was just one time. <laughs> This is a bad time. I forgot to tell you. I forgot my contact case. So we're going to need to go to CVS or Wawa or something and get... I don't know where they sell contact cases in DC, but I'm going to need one because my eyes are starting to get a little dry. No, nothing? Okay. <laughs> Suffering silence, Steve. Um, I... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sitting here jumping the gun here. Um, Steve, you get to choose who's next, uh, who's going to talk yeah, about Yeah, I kind of actually want to throw it right back to MC Brooks. Oh, okay. Um, geez, this is this is hard because I've listened to like a million albums this year. Um, well, actually, I'll start off with probably the album that actually surprised me the most this year. Not like nine out of ten times, albums made by my by athletes are terrible. Like Shack wrapped, and it was it was not good. <laughs> with <laughs> like Fushnikins, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> like. Whenever you hear, when, when, whenever athletes rap or make music, it's generally terrible. But I was pleasantly surprised this year when uh, newly retired running back Arian Foster released a rap album earlier this year. Um, I listened to his podcast, Now What?, which is really awesome. It's a great listen. And I was pleasantly surprised to, to hear that he was pursuing music in his newfound retirement. And it actually, you know, just upon listening to it, um, it's one of the most unique sounding albums I've ever heard. Like not even just as a rap album, but just as 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 a as a composition because he actually composed all of the music on here. Dang. A couple samples here and there, but but it's all composed with him and his keyboard. Um, and, and it's like it's rich. It's it's unique. It's very original, and it was hands down just one of the best. Uh, best albums i heard just in general this year does he just um, go by arian foster is his, as his uh no he he uh his uh his moniker is called bobby fino oh okay i did find it okay i was just making sure yeah yeah okay yeah yeah because he actually did an interview and he said like uh he didn't he didn't he, he doesn't like his own name he doesn't think it's interesting so so he, he just like created the name from a name generator and <laughs> <laughs> just kind of stuck with it <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, there were uh, so many good albums. Uh, my favorite, my favorite group, Atmosphere, released a, a really good album this year. Um, I discovered this band called Dizzy Sunfist, which uh, uh, they they sound like they sound like every anime intro that you've ever listened to, but <laughs> better. <laughs> like if you've heard anime intro, <laughs> Dizzy, Dizzy heard... Sunfist. Okay, hang on, let me look yes. it up. Yes, yeah. And I won't even lie. I so I listened to them solely because I saw the name somewhere, and I was like, "What kind of music do you have to make with a name like that?" So <laughs> I just checked them out. But their their album is, was hands down one of the best rock albums I, I listened to this year. It was it's it's I mean it's, some of the songs are in English, uh, some of them are, are not. But it's 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 very fast paced, very upbeat, and and they they kind of cover. A, a couple different rock subgenres, and it's it's a really really good listen. That was also one of the, one of my favorites. On a scale of like one to Dragon Force, how power metal are they? <laughs> oh, they're not they're not metal at all. <laughs> There's like they're not they're not metal at all. No 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 no. Uh, they, they they probably get up there in terms of speed, but they're they're not metal at all. Gotcha. <laughs> very 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 far from it. Uh, 
but yeah, they're they're. I mean, they were just they were a lot of the Gorillas had a really good album that came out this year. Uh, Lupe Fiasco had another album that was out this year. Oh, Mike Shinoda, uh, finally releasing something after the tragic death of Chester. Dude, um, his album came out this year. And, thank and you. I've it, been meaning to. I keep forgetting that he has, and I've yeah, like I had I had it listed. Like it always notifies me on Spotify. Like, hey, this person just created a new album, and like I keep ignoring it and like like an idiot. <laughs> and like, yeah, thank you for reminding me about that one. I really want to listen to that one. Yeah, it's it's a very anyone who's ever dealt with any type of trauma and then kind of work work you know going through the emotions of working your yourself back from that this is an album that perfectly encapsulates pretty much every step of that journey i mean the album is even called post-traumatic like yeah wow yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a beautiful album so it i mean i lincoln park was my first concert I've been a fan of Mike Shinoda for forever. Uh, I've always wanted him to do solo solo music, and, and I'm sad that it took tragic circumstances for 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 this to come. But I do think that this is a beautiful body, a beautiful piece of work that is born out of one of the most tragic things that someone can endure. That's yeah, man. That's very well said. Very well said. Intense. Like I said, guys, my uh, my contacts just real dry. Don't, uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, MC, who are you going to pass it to? Uh, Rambo. Okay, so um, as I saw Mike reference, uh, I think on like Facebook earlier, uh, I am also an old man, and I don't listen to new music. So what I've been listening to uh, the most is I have been going back and listening to Local H. Um, nice. And god damn do I love that band. I've just been going through their entire discography. Um, and never has there been a, a time when we were more spoiled than in the age of Spotify and Amazon and everything else. Um, and I have yet to run into a song that I... Like, there's songs from like, eh, that's okay. But there's there's yet to be one that I actually just flat out don't like. Um, I am currently... On their most recent album, which was released in 2015, uh, it is called "Hey Killer," um, and it's fucking great. Like I, I can't be super specific because while I really enjoy music, I'm not really what you'd call a music guy. Um, but uh, thus far, probably my most favorite album that they had um, is 12 Angry Months," which is there's it's literally Dude. 12 songs it's named so, for oh, every month of the year. Such a good album. Like I, I, I yeah. That, yeah, yeah it's, I was just it's, thinking it's about that one just, too. It's also so goddamn good. Um, if you like uh, '90s, like like grounded '90s well, you know, music, grounded in the '90s, uh, uh, like hard rock with really good um, bass lines and rhythms and um, some catchy fucking hooks. Uh, I highly recommend just going through their discography. <laughs> and hey, if you see them playing a show in your town you should go see him because uh, yeah it, it's just it's been just absolutely wonderful to not just rediscover but flat out discover um, this band again because there was only always like one or two songs that I enjoyed but I never really put the effort into listening to anything beyond that uh, I was always pretty broke growing up so the idea of just buying an album on the on the, the hopes that I'd like the whole thing um, never super appealed to me Um so yeah, yeah, just local H has, has been uh, playing on on repeat on uh, on Spotify of late. Yep. Currently adding that to my Spotify, so I can check yeah. them out. Not I've heard ever. a couple of songs, but I've I've never actually dove into their discography. Yeah, yeah, man, same here. Um, it was just one of those. It occurred to me that I had the option to do that, <laughs> like <laughs> a couple months ago. I was like, oh, I could just listen to all their albums if I wanted to. Um, and so I just started doing that exact thing, and it's been uh, oh, and you know what? They just released a couple. They did release a couple uh, singles this year. So there, that's a new thing. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have hit the minimum requirements for this challenge. <laughs> that's all we ask. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Um, so I guess it's my turn now. Um, let me get the prerequisite out of the way. The new stuff. 
Uh, Rage Against the Machine. And it's actually, it, it, it kind of echoes Steve's sentiments before um, about my favorite bands. Um, Rage Against the Machine is one of my favorite bands of all time, ever, forever. Like, they're just an incredibly unique sounding group, did things that nobody else did in the time that they were doing them. They're way ahead of their time. Um, we're not getting any new Rage Against the Machine music. I've come to terms with that. I, it's just something that's not going to happen. That's fine. But what we are getting is Tom Morello creating an album that's so fucking insanely good that has... It's almost—it's nothing like anything you've heard him do before. He produces the album. He works with people like Knife Party, uh, Bass Nectar, Big oh, Boy, really? Killer Mike, uh, Portugal, uh, Vic Mensa, Marcus Mumford of Mumford & Sons, uh, Tim McElrath, Kay Flay, uh, Pretty Lights, Carl Restivo, Gary Clark Jr., and Nico Stati. Uh, I guess that's Likeali, L-E-I-K-E-L-I-47. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jizza, Rizza, like, and Hero Bust. Those are all people that are featured on this one album. Goddamn. It is, and it's fucking amazing. It's such a good album. Like, I go to it right now. In fact, there's a review of it. One of our original contributors from GGR, her name is Danny Rogue, awesome friend of mine. We've been friends since high school. Um, is a huge music head. Whenever I need new music, I go to her and she gives me great stuff. Um, she reviewed this album for us. So check out the review. Uh, the album's called The Atlas Underground. Um, he plays on it. He produces the whole thing. It, it's just, it's a departure, but it's just, if you, and all of us here, like a little bit of everything when it comes to music. None of us are like, this is my genre and that's it and I'm not stepping out of it. Listen to this album. You'll really enjoy it. Um... I was I was very pleasantly surprised because it goes everywhere in in the musical spectrum. Um, as far as I I, I kind of did a Rambo with this one too, where I went really old school and, and really delved into stuff. And the reason that I did that though, it was it was self inflicted. Um, I started and and I swear to God, I'm not doing this as a shameless plug, but it ends up being a shameless <laughs> plug. Um, when I started doing uh, Stop Me If You Heard This. I started like deep sea diving into, into bands, which I never really did. Um, it just wasn't something that was in my nature. I would listen to a couple songs. I'd be like, Hey, I like these guys. They're pretty cool. I'd pick up an album there here and there. And I just had a, I had like one of those giant binders full of CDs when I was growing up and I just had a lot of different music. I had a few bands that I really, really knew inside and out, like a Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, Dave Matthews, Foo Fighters, um, Billy Joel, because I grew up around it. Um, my wife makes fun of me all the time, but because my mom was a huge Elton John fan, I can identify an Elton John song like, like that. As soon as it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Elton John. And it's from this album. And she's just like, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm like, eh, my mom really liked Elton John. And I mean, if I ever, you know, do become gay, I'll, I have that going for me. So my mom really liked Elton John. Just saying. It was a mom thing, I think, in the 70s and 80s. Like, it was a pretty. I mean, I really like Elton John. He's fucking awesome. Right? Yeah. So, like, I found this cover album. Um, it's called Revamp. With, you know, shocker. You know, and it's got a picture of Elton John <laughs> in, in neon lights. And it's got, like, um, covers by, like, contemporary artists. So, like, Coldplay covers one of his songs. Uh, Alicia Cara covers, uh, I guess that's why they call it The Blues, which is, like, one of my favorite songs of his. Ed Sheeran covers Candle in the Wind. Uh, Florence and the Machine cover Tiny Dancer. Mumford and Sons cover Someone Saved My Life Tonight. One oh, of my shit. favorite. This is a great lineup. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite bands, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, cover Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, it's just a really, really good album. And Deep Sea Diving, I, I refound my love and appreciation for Tom Petty. Like, good lord, does he put out some good music. And, like, I actually, I had to take a break from doing Stop Me If You Heard This. Like, I haven't done an episode since I did the Tom Petty one, because after doing his episode, it depressed me so much that he was gone. Like, oh. like it really did, because, like, I, I did so much research into it, and it turns out that the reason that he died, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard the episode or not, but, like, he basically, like, needed a hip surgery, and he had congestive heart failure, uh, or he had, and, and like he didn't get it taken care of, and he was taking pain meds to get through this broken hip so they could finish his tour. Because he announced at the beginning of the tour, "Hey, this is my last tour, guys. After this, I'm done." And he got to his last show at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, and he lives in Los Angeles. And like his last show, 
like he goes home and he's pounding on his chest and, his, and he's telling his wife, he's like, I've never felt so alive, but he's popping pain pills as hard as he possibly can to, to dissipate the pain. And he ended up overdosing on the pain pills because he wanted, he didn't want to cancel the shows. He didn't want to let his fans down. He didn't want to let his bandmates down. He didn't want to let the roadies who relied on these paychecks for running his shows. Like he ended up dying because he was giving of himself. And it was just like, fuck. Like as soon as I was done with it, I was like, I, I, I can't go in it. Cause I wanted to do David Bowie next. And I was like, fuck, he's even more depressing. I can't go into him. Like, yeah, pick some bands and artists that are still alive here, pal. Yeah, let me do, let me do Katrina. Let me do Katrina and the Waves or something like that. Walking on Sunshine, she can't be depressing, right? Like, well, and it's just one of those. A things. natural disaster will never be named after this band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just like it's one of those things where like I, I want to tell these stories because I think they're incredible stories, and I feel like these guys gave so much of themselves to give art to us that like it would be a disservice of me to be like hey let's talk about Limp biscuit you know like it's <laughs> yeah like... i don't see how these things are different at all <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um God. but yeah like in, in retrospect I, I made the post on facebook that i was like i don't listen to any new music it turns out i just had a lot of new music that i had never heard before that i listened yeah. to this year and it's new to you exactly. mike and yeah and god bless you spotify because i have added so much music that like I never really knew about. Um, I, I re-fell in love with Offspring. When I remember being in seventh grade and writing on my binder, because that makes it official, that Offspring was my like one of my favorite <laughs> bands. And like I went back in doing that episode of Stop Me If You Heard This and found just so many songs of theirs that I had forgotten about that were just, just fucking killer. And like, yeah, it was, it was a rediscovery of old music. So there you go. That's the beauty of Spotify. I've been doing that with uh, at the drive-in lately. Oh yeah, I've been d- just deep sea diving into a bunch of their old stuff. I mean, they 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 just had an album last year that was pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, and I mean, I've had that on repeat uh, as well as like Relationship with Command, some of their old EPs from the mid '90s too. Nice. Yeah. So what we're gonna do, guys, is we're gonna break this into two episodes. So we are gonna break real briefly here. Uh, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a few more topics here to wrap up our 2018 year in review. Make sure you check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check out all of our podcasts. There's The Overflow with MC Brooks. Make sure you follow that one. I mentioned it before. Stop me if you heard this. Make sure you follow that. We got uh, the Geek Sheets podcast where we talk about all of our geeky, nerdy news. And then we've got this one, uh, which is uh, GGR Pirate Radio. So make sure you subscribe to all that. Stay tuned. We've got more coming from myself, from MC Brooks, from James Rambo, and from Steve Monick. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.